Lord. All right. All right. I've got, I've got wiggly things. Do you have wiggly things? <laughs> oh, man. Sound waves. Sorry. Do you have sound waves? Yes. Yeah. There's lots of things that wiggle on me anymore these days. Okay. I'm going to hijack this right from the start here in this whatever getting ready period. So you posted a link because we were talking about possibly doing some like radio stuff. Yes. We'll just tease it at that. But then one of the things that you posted was that there was a free, like a free, what would you call it, a client or a server client, server, some kind of middleware piece of thing that makes it happen, right? And you said, or you shared the link, and it's like free. However, there's a crypto mining script that's part of the free service. And I'm like, wait a minute, less than six months ago, that was actually called a virus, well, we do live in the society now where we can take anything and make it good for our purposes. So, yeah, I mean, that kind of gobsmacked me when I'm like, wait a second, what's this thing at the bottom? It says something to the effect of free accounts are supported by this whatever, whatever crypto script. And I was like, wow. First off, that's brilliant. And second off, that's heinous all at the same time. You know, to take this virus, like you're saying, and turning it into a revenue thing and somehow turning it into a good? How, how is that? I know, because literally, correct me if I'm wrong here, we did discuss this because there was a third party or like a library script that was using crypto. Like a, oh, it was a... Chrome extension, right? Uh, well, yeah, I believe it was uh, Newegg uh, and maybe like a Ticketmaster or something like that, where they they had it's a I think they call it now supply chain hacks, where it's somewhere in your build process or in the software world, or if you're in the hardware world, somewhere in the factory when they're assembling your code or your hardware, they inject this little bit of kit here to. Uh, to do bad stuff, but yeah, crypto miner is now something that can be injected. That uh, and be okay. Well, now it's okay apparently if you mention it up front. I, I guess, um, but you know, I I'd mentioned in my tweet, I'm like, wow, is this is this is this 2019 and beyond where we're just going to say, you know what, you you now get this free and it's no longer ad supported. We're going to use your CPU to support our website, and you're going to mine cryptocurrency for us. I'm like, oh my god. But we would get to stream a 24-7 radio file, right? Sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I get all that. Like, there, there's apparently a, va a, uh, a value proposition here, and we're accepting this. But the weird thing is, is it's not just us accepting it, because if we were to embed this player, because so the idea is you have a server, then you have a client, so it's like a, an embedded player, but when you put it on, or we put it on, say, our website, which we don't really have one, it's not actually us who are mining the crypto at this point. It's everyone who comes to your page, and it's mining in their browser now. You know? Right. And we're not even getting a cut of it. Right. So not a, we're not really, we're screwing our listeners if we do that. So just to be clear, we, we are not doing anything like this. Um, but it, it, we, we are looking into some sort of radio play um, thing. And we just happened across this thing. And it was like, wow, this is like made for our show. Like, like what I found, I'm like, I got to share this with Bob. Right. Right in our budget. Sweet spot. Yep. Oh, but wait, it's tainted. All right, what else you got here? Oh, we got 
you got a beer for those that at home. Big, okay. That, that, that was the big thing I wanted to get off my chest because it just was it just dripped with irony. So I, I thought it made for a perfect little, you know, quick couple minute uh, open thing. All right. So I'm going to I'm going to read something to you and then we'll cut to the show. Maybe like the hey, we're Bob and Kevin and all that, like right right afterwards. And I'm going to give that time for you to ponder who said this. Is that is that fair? Sure, you're going to have to help me with the edit, but uh, go ahead, lay it on me. Okay. I have a foreboding of an America in my children's or grandchildren's time, when the United States is a service and information economy, when nearly all the key manufacturing industries have slipped away to other countries, when awesome technological powers are in the hands of a very few, and no one representing the public interest can even grasp the issues. When the people have lost the ability to set their own agendas or, knowably, or knowledgeably question those in authority. When clutching our crystals and nervously consulting our horoscopes, our critical faculties in decline, unable to distinguish between what feels good and what's true, we slide, almost without noticing, back into superstition and darkness. The dumbing down of America is most evident in the slow decay of substantive content in the enormously influential media. The 30-second sound bites, now down to 10 seconds or less, the lowest common denominator programming, credulous presentations on pseudoscience and superstition, but especially a kind of celebration of ignorance. Bob, who said that? I feel like I should know this. I feel like... I feel like maybe it was... Carl Sagan? Damn, you're good. Yes. It's, was it Carl? It was yes. Carl Sagan. Can you... Uh, but it was like a long time ago, though, right? 1995. Bob, I am impressed. And just for those at home, we did not rehearse this. I am truly impressed. No, we did not. But I, um, I believe it or not, this has been something that's been interesting to me. And there has been this weird cyclical, like, you know, the dumbing down of society and fear of what's going to happen. And it, it just isn't happening today. It's happened a couple other times in the not too distant past. So, um, and I used to be a, a, a billions and billions fan of Carl Sagan. So, so that was not a, not a giant leap to figure that, that out. That was an excerpt from the Demon Haunted World, 1995. And how much does that feel like? the 20 teens, <laughs> you know, like, I mean, obviously he probably said, you know, um, something else and it didn't come true. So I'm not thinking he's a great Oracle. He's a great astronomer or was a great astronomer and a scientist, but it's pretty amazing that he pretty much nailed that one on the head on this one. So I th well, think about the, yeah, but think about like, he did nail that one on the head for that time, but think about the scale and scope that he was speaking to at that moment in time, and then think about the scale and scope where we are today. Oh, yeah. I mean, technology in 1995, we had AOL online. You know, if you wanted to get online, I, well, me, I had to go to a friend's house and be like, hey, can we get online? You know, they do the beep and boop stuff. I didn't even have internet connection until I went to college in 1996. Um, right. Only the swankiest of our high-end friends had the interweb. Exactly. So... I mean, you're right. I mean, this is like in the early, early days of the internet, um, and we are, we are light years, pun definitely intended, away from 1995 in terms of technology. 
Anyway, I, I, billions and billions of light years. Very good. <laughs> you gotta gotta work on your Carl, but you know you'll get there. Ah, uh, yeah, uh, billions and billions. I don't know. I don't have a Carl. Sorry. All right, so uh, we should probably like do the show thing and. Uh... All right, let's do it. You are listening to the Bob and Kevin Show with Bob Beatty Bar and Kevin Gishesky. Each week, we cover relevant tech and social issues related to technology. Our website is bobandkevin.show. And our episodes can be found virtually on any podcast network. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Just search for Bob and Kevin Show. Hey, Kevin. What are we talking about today? Hey, Bob. That's a, a great question. Um, everyone, welcome to the show. I'm your host for this show, uh, Kevin, along with the other guy. Uh, I think we he already introduced himself, but go ahead and do it again. Bob. Bob. Very good, Bob. Very, very stoic, Bob. Very stealing my shtick, Bob. Okay, so uh, today uh, we're, we're talking about the usual stuff, technology, but I... I uh, you know, we, we found a few gems I thought we'd talk about. One is, did you know Tesla has a camera in the rearview mirror? And it was just revealed what the purpose of that was. We'll cover that. Don't answer that right now. Bob, we're going to cover IoT security. And uh, oh boy. I, oh boy. I've set up some traps here <laughs> for you to walk into. So uh, that's coming. Um, and what is technology if taken to the extreme, but not like, you know, science fiction, like real world. Wait a second. What happens if AI gets good at XYZ? What does this actually mean to this particular industry? So we'll cover that. And then uh, I've got a little bit about Facebook being the world's largest intranet. So, you know, we're all pretty... I'd buy into that. We're pretty familiar <laughs> with, uh, you know, intranets and big corporations. And, um, yeah, so we'll start there and see where we go. Sound good, Bob? Yeah, so we're going to start with the Facebook intranet thing? No, I'm going to hold that oh. off. Uh, we'll, Damn it. we'll end with that one. So let's start with a okay, fun so one. Okay, so we're not going backwards. We're going forward. Gotcha. Let's start with a fun one. So uh, Elon Musk revealed on Twitter um, what a camera that's in the rearview mirror is for. Bob, I'm going to let you guess first. Unless you've already read up on this, then it won't be as fun. I, it's, un, it's not fair because I do know what it's for. Uh, enlighten us then. So apparently it was revealed that the camera is related to their creation of a fleet of like uber-esque i don't even know what those vehicles are called it's just a fleet of rideshare rideshare vehicles right yep. yeah yep so they're getting into that business which kind of makes sense to me because they're also in parallel getting into the trucking business the over the road they have the the tesla semis so yeah this seems to make sense and when i heard about it i was kind of like huh i can't believe that didn't come before the roadsters, before the actual consumer vehicles, what are your thoughts on that? Well, the the way I think he kind of said it was, and and what programmer hasn't thought this? Would you like to make money while you're sleeping, Bob? <laughs> Always <laughs> who passive income. Who wouldn't? Right. Exactly. So the idea is, is you can put your car into fleet mode, or you know, think of something. And while you're sleeping, your car could be turning Uber tricks over and over and over in autopilot mode. 
on oh autonomous uber tricks yeah i didn't realize that's what it was all so, about so bob okay. while you're sleeping your car is like hey bob i got this i'm gonna go make us some money and so it 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 responds to a uh an uber or you know a tesla or whatever they're gonna be and the car will only operate in autopilot mode and the camera is there to film what happened who got in your car why you were gone they can't drive it mind you they can't steer it it's an autopilot only mode now that being said what do you think of that and would you buy a tesla if they actually can pull that off Oh, man, that's kind of like a, a subsidy to your purchase. So given where I am in my financial status and how much I would love to own one of those vehicles, I think I'd probably sign up for that program if it was offered. Okay. I don't <laughs> think I could trust anyone. I don't even let my kids uh, bring sugary drinks into the car. They're only allowed water in case they spill something. So I'm that guy. Um but uh, I guess that would be weird if you love your Tesla so much, but you're willing to like pimp it out in the evening. Let, so that's let kinda... drunk guy or drunk group of people get in the car with open containers and all that. And why does my car smell like uh, natty light, you know, and when you're trying to <laughs> go somewhere in the next morning or there's vomit or a host of other things. But at least you'd have somebody to go back to. But the damage would already be done. <laughs> Your so. car has been mm. impounded. It's part of a crime investigation. <laughs> oh, great. So, so roll I the tape. I thought that was kind of interesting, um, but it also got me thinking, hmm. I was watching um, Sean Carroll. Are you familiar with Sean Carroll? It was on Joe Rogan. Uh, it was a while ago. I actually clicked on it because of black holes. So that's kind of your clue. Oh, nice. That's also pretty timely for today, too. But no, I'm not familiar with this, this person. So Sean Carroll is a theoretical physicist at Caltech. Um, who doesn't want to be a theoretical physicist? You know, basically sit around and dream up shit all day. That sounds like fun to me. Just saying. Um, hey, there's lots of those at Fermilab, so easy, easy. And he, he, he brought up a good point. So this is an older podcast on Rogan, and I did bring it up because of the, the timely events with the black hole picture that happened today. Um, but not to get distracted, um, he said, and I quote, or at least paraphrase, in the future, the stock market will be just dueling algorithms trying to buy and sell just before the other one. So what? Oh, I thought that I thought that was your quote. That's no, so funny. No, was, <laughs> I want to give proper credit here, but it made me think. Holy shit! You're right. What happens if everyone's got AI? Does nobody have an edge? Which takes me to my point of where would we be in this world without equal inequality? So capitalism, a another word for capitalism is taking advantage of your situation over people who have a uh, less advantage situation. Would you agree? Ooh, that's a tough one. I, I mean, I, I get there's an advantage that has to be had for a capitalist venture to be successful, but is it taking advantage or well, earning advantage? Let me put it this way. So a classic child question is, is dad, why isn't everything free? Why can't we just go to the store and take what we need and everything? everybody just has everything free? And that opens up the discussion of economics. Well, if everything were free, then 
everything would be gone because nobody would be motivated to go to work. They, they wouldn't have a, a yearning or desire to go earn a wage and be the factory worker or the marketer, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, basic economics there. So capitalism in a way is, you know, we're all chasing after this. Well, if I can just get to the next rung. The problem with all that is, is like, you know, look at communism, socialism. Well, if we're all equal and we all have the same house and, and whatnot, we really, you know, there's really, it takes away some of the the forces that are intrinsic to capitalism. So uh, we can debate whether or not capitalism, the virtues of it. Anyway, anyway so think that's not the point. The point here is, is if you have AI in your stock firm, you can attract more customers because you have better edge, air quotes, technology. Or if you work at an agency, now is probably a good time for the disclaimer, by the way. If you work at an agency... <laughs> <laughs> The thoughts and opinions of Bob and Kevin of the Bob and Kevin show are exclusively the thoughts of Bob and Kevin and not the thoughts of their employers past, present, and probably not future. (laughs) If you work at an agency or a company, you probably have a competitive advantage by design because we're better than the competitor because of whatever. So if AI is in your stable, you have a, an advantage. You can say, hey, we can buy and sell stock better. We can predict things better. But if everybody's got the same AI stuff, you really don't have that advantage anymore. So do we live, this is a philosophical question, do we live in a time where if you have one of these technological advantages, AI, on your team, do you have a huge advantage, but only until everyone has it and it becomes extremely ubiquitous where the stock market no longer makes sense because everyone can buy and sell at precisely the right time. And all you see in your charts every day is a wave sign, you know, up and down, up and down. And there's no actual up or down trajectory. We just go up and down because we have dueling algorithms. That was a mouthful. What say you, Bob? Well, I think to start, why are we closing the gap that says says that your AI is on a level playing field? Because Microsoft's going to sell the shit out of both yeah, to everybody. <laughs> yes, but I'm sure that's going to be packaged, bought, and sold just like everything else that's been packaged, bought, and sold. You can get our base level AI for X number of dollars. Or you can upgrade to our super smart AI. Hey Bob, that, Goldman Sachs yeah, is yeah. taking the pro version. I'm just let's let's just cut to the chase. <laughs> right, but I think you know then Goldman Sachs is going to have their stable of developers or their other third party vendor to tweak the AI under the hood. I just don't because it's an evolving tech, which I don't know if it has a ceiling or not. I don't think any of us do. I don't know if we can get a a basic level income version of AI. Like, so if, if everyone has the same flavor of AI and it does level the playing field, then I think we're back to, you know, the good old days of personal, you know, stick to and innovation to manipulate that AI to do the best it can in that microsecond environment. So I don't think it would negate the stock market. Like I like the quote, but I don't know, I don't know if we're ever going to be able to cut the human element out of it to make it better than it was intended to be. So it's it's mostly a thought experiment of if everyone, if if only some people have the advantage, which is kind of, you know, where my capitalism tie is, 
then there's clearly an advantage to one group or a, a subset. But if everyone has the technology, is it the same as nobody has the technology? Do they cancel out, you know? And it's just a thought. So do, have you ever watched the series Expanse? I have. Uh, I think maybe the first season. Okay, so the concept in that series is that they're well into the future. Space travel is a big thing. Mars is being colonized. Mars is actually its own independent entity from Earth. It's kind of like another country on Earth, but it's its own planet. Yep. And then there's the outer belt where services, minerals, things like that are mined um, to support the entire solar system. So the belt is pretty far out. So anyway, there's this technology or a weapon or an alien life form that basically, um, basically becomes this AI that we're talking about. So um, they feel that if one of the entities, let's say Mars, has the proto-molecule, then Earth needs to have it to equalize so that it doesn't become a weapon of mass destruction because they could mutually you know, annihilate each, each other. What's it? Mutually assured destruction or whatever yes. the old term from the 80s is. Yes. So then the belt, the belt decides that they want to get a hold of it because if they don't have it and the other two do, then they will most certainly be destroyed. Well, it turns out that the protomolecule is its own thing and starts to build its own defenses against all three of them. <laughs> so suckers. So that's your <laughs> That's your AI model. So everyone's got the same AI, but maybe AI is trying to make its own game. So that's an amazing uh, thought on that. You know what? Fuck both of you. <laughs> I'm looking out for myself. That's awesome. Uh, and so, so what you're telling me is the AI will end up rounding uh, the pennies off into its own account and get rich somehow. And that's right. Office okay. space. AI is going to be office space. <laughs> All right. So I swear it was only supposed to be a tenth of a penny. So in Major League Baseball, they they could absolutely get rid of the umpires in the strike zone, right? They don't need the home plate ump to call balls and strikes, right? We have the technology that goes, the ball was in the zone or it wasn't. So baseball has resisted it because they want the human element. They don't want it to be an exact science. So... In the future, Bob, do we ban AI from certain industries to keep it fair and human? I think we'll have to venture into that world first and extract it back out. Um, mean, I think it's a ticking clock for baseball. I think baseball is going to go digital umpires, AI umpires for at least balls and strikes, probably within the next decade. So to be clear, like social media, you want them to... Uh, call their own fouls for a little bit and see if they can handle it. Ooh. Well, well, that, I mean, they're already starting to employ those AIs. And I think what happens is that we're going to have to put a red X over that and say, nope, that didn't work. We have to go back to the human element. Um, right now, I think they're running a hybrid model and the hybrid model, bleh, jury's still out. But if they switch to 100% AI, there's going to be a lot of people that are super angry. So 10 years ago, if I would have told you, you know, if I would have flew back in time 10 years ago to myself, I would have told myself, well, this is what the future looks like. I'd probably be pretty disappointed, um, <laughs> but excited. At well, some no, fl no flying cars, first of all. Exactly. Um, but if I go 10 years into the future, what will I expect? I'm trying to make some predictions here. I think we'll have more machine learning AI, and I think we'll have 
less human intervention. So we'll tighten up these things. But I, I really do think that it's possible that AI and machine learning could be harmful because they're too good to certain industries. I don't know. I think 10 years from now, we're hitting the first, um, the first revolution. Uh-oh. Like the first, mis- <laughs> the first, the first, oh shit, we've got to clench it back down. Uh-huh. Like, I think it's going to take us 10 years for an incident to occur or a series of incidents to occur that's bad enough to put some much tighter regulations on AI. I think that's a, a, a less within the next decade window, I, past I, five, past I, five, but before 10. In the next 10 years, we'll have more drone, predator drone type thing, autonomous weapon sorts of things, I would think, um, that patrol, you know, the border, for instance, because somebody yep. thinks that's a fantastic idea to have a armed thing just fly up and down. So that's what I, I think it'll be, you know. Or we'll, or we'll know about them more in 10 years. And I think in Carl's book, The Demon Haunted World, which I'm now going to go by, uh, I think it's one of those, you know, it's possible that science and technology isn't always benevolent. Um, and the classic example is the hydrogen slash nuclear bomb. <laughs> yeah. Just because you can figure out how to create this energy, you know, humans love to weaponize things. That's just, oh my gosh, Hollywood <laughs> loves that. You know, to, hey, how can this, you know, be turned into a weapon and then our uh, military actually does it? So anyway, just food for thought. I thought it was an interesting thing. I didn't think we'd go that deep on it, but. uh... (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think we're always going to struggle with, and I think humans have always struggled with this, even with the hydrogen bomb, with the A-bomb, you know, that, that kind of stuff. It's like that peacekeeping element through mass destruction. It's like, no, really, for us to be able to have this threat perceived or real or used or not is meant to keep things level. And I think the AI, you know, I think there's still so much that we, tinfoil hat time, still so much that we don't know about that's happening right now that will probably come to light in the next five to 10 years. And that's also going to drive the, whoa, you know, we got to rain this shit in now. All right. So a crazy prediction for so, you. Yeah. Here, here you go, Bob. So, to, and to take it back to Tesla. So we have inequality in capitalism until everyone has it potentially. So it levels the playing field. So right now you can pimp out your Tesla to go earn you some tricks uh, in autopilot mode until everyone has a car that can do that. Now we're back to having a bunch of cars just sitting in the driveway because nobody needs a car anymore. So does, you know, this technology end up saying, you know what, guys, we don't actually need millions of cars anymore. We just have the car pool, literally, and a car from somewhere will come get you and move you to where you want to go. And is that an eventuality, do you think? Oh, I think that that's hot on the heels of once other companies start to develop that technology, like let's say it's just Tesla at the beginning, they might own that market. But as soon as somebody else comes into it, somebody in a community is going to say, hey, everybody, for $1,500 each, we can all have a hot electric car that will take us all wherever we need to go. And so we've created our own community ride share. And then all of a sudden you do, you have that exact pool where you know, eventually it becomes a service model where it's a loss leader and communities will invest in 
X number of a fleet for their own community to all be shared. So yeah, no, I, I think that's quickly behind that. So the, the pitch is, is guess what? You no longer need a car. You don't have to have car insurance. You don't need gas. You don't need a pay to recharge. You don't need to worry about tires. Pay into this pool. And it's kind of like the line bikes. You have line bikes in Chicago, Batavia. Okay. Uh, yep. Basically, not in Batavia, but in the city, yeah. You know, the, there could be, and you would even need to have like line bikes where they're kind of like, they're kind of an eyesore because they're just kind of thrown everywhere. Like up in South Bend at Notre Dame, they're just like everywhere, like thrown. But these cars could park themselves. These cars could come get you take you wherever. Of course, then there's all the, the, the black mirror of let's hack one of these and somebody gets kidnapped, you know, cause they get taken to some secret location. That's the Hollywood and me. Okay. Well, anyway, <laughs> that's, uh, that's very interesting. Like I said, I didn't think we were going to be able to tie these two together, but somehow we, uh, we tied that Tesla thing to, <laughs> to, um, dueling algorithms. Okay. Um, <laughs> are you ready to be trapped? Always. Always ready. Actually, these are probably pretty easy traps here. You'll, you'll see them a mile away, or at least they're probably not very well thought out ones. IoT security. So you're familiar with IoT, right? Internet of Things. Yes. And, and to broadly paint the brush, an IoT device could be something as simple as a, a, an IP camera in your house. It could be an Alexa device. We would consider that an IoT device. Uh, Google Home a Nest, a Ring, uh, uh, the doorbell uh, system. Um, you know, there's a bunch of those sorts of things. Pretty much anything that exists on your network without direct interaction on a regular basis. It's right? got some sort of internet access, right? So, Bob, uh, who wrote the software for all your IoT devices? Well, actually, let's, let's back up. You have IoT devices, right? All over the place. Okay, in your house, on, on, your, on your network, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. So um, what are the names of all the people who wrote all the firmware and software for all those? I'm getting the head shake. I have no clue. Okay. Very good. Um, What are the original manufacturers of all your devices? And I don't know, you have have an Alexa, but do you have any other thing? Do you have like an IP camera or anything? Uh, Pretty much the the, the Amazon digital assistants, because I don't want to say her name. Uh-huh. And uh, Ecobee for, um, oh, and Sonos. Yeah, I was so, going to say, now you got Sonos. Yep. So I, I think it's pretty much those three. But then, of course, now that everyone has their Apple devices that, unless they set them up not to, they can listen on command as well. So. Yeah. You know, I guess we could even lump in um, Chromecast, a Roku, an Apple TV. Those are all just internet connected thingies, uh, your fire, yeah. Amazon fire stick. Um, so the question for you, Bob, is what VLAN do you have those all on? Are you familiar with VLANs? So I, yes. I actually do have a separate, um, separate node that they all connect to. So we have our main traffic and then we have isolated traffic just for the IOT. Now when we say isolated traffic, so I'm a big network nerd. So you can have access points. I guess the question for you is, are you on the same subnet? Are all those things, even they could be on different oh, access points, but same subnet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're on. They're actually on completely different bands. Most of the IOTs are on 2.4. Everything else is on the 5G. Um, they do have their own access uh, credentials to a separate node that can actually be throttled, not throttled. However, they're still going out the same 
Yeah, and the so, same pipe. so they're either like private IPs of 192.168 or 10.0.something or 172.16.0. So private IPs, right? Right, but they're all still going out the same port on the... Right, router. same gateway, right? So since you don't have VLANs, imagine if you bought, we'll just pick something, a Chinese IP camera. I have a, a group of these. And Huawei. So so it it does its thing and uh, does it really well. But the problem is, is is that all it does? So the question, if I ask myself, Kevin, who wrote the software for that? I don't know. That's not good. But is that realistic to know who wrote that software? Of course it's not. You're just going to trust whatever you buy. Hell no. But the, the scary part is it's now on the inside of my network, right? So I've, I've actively purchased something, walked it into my home, placed it on the internal network of my home, given it an internal IP. And since it's on the same subnet, it has access to every device in my house, including my personal computer, my my desktop computer, my Ring uh, doorbell, my Alexa devices, right? So what's the chances, do you think, Bob, that somebody put it in a back door easily enough to be able to phone home and say, hey, I'm on this network, and I, since I'm on the inside and I can talk to all my network buddies here, here's some information I found out, and I'm just going to forward it out on port 443 encrypted. So you don't even know, you know, it's SSL port. You don't even know. And it looks like normal traffic going out. Does that bother you at all, Bob? Wow. Um, I, that's not the question I thought you were going to ask. Um, oh. well, I thought you were going to ask, do I, w- do I care? Um, <laughs> <laughs> that, that's the follow-up. <laughs> um, so I think there was a question about backdoor. I would totally expect there to be a backdoor. Um, does it bother me that it's sharing? I guess if I expect that it's doing all that crap, then uh, no, it doesn't bother me. It should. I know it should. Uh, showing my true colors again. Um, but so, so in hacking terms, this is known as a pivot. So um, something's on the network. It's, by design, um, already, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Compromised, right? Because <laughs> Chinese company X designed it to, to be compromised because you bought a camera. It's a piece of hardware. You know, it's, there's nothing you can, you know, it's not like we're looking at source code here. This is, you know, something you bought that's got firmware on it. It's now in your home, but this thing does simple port detection. Oh, look, there's a windows machine on this network. Hey, look at there. I know how to exploit that particular version because of reasons. So let me, let me <laughs> get reasons. Yeah. You know, because of vulnerability, you know, insert reasons. Published, you know, published exactly. reasons. So now I can get into your laptop, Bob, and now I can possibly install ransomware on your laptop just, without just you don't look in my important tax documents folder. <laughs> the folder says do not do not look in this folder folder <laughs> spoiler alert there are no tax documents in that folder nice so <laughs> we we go through a lot of troubles 
uh, securing our Windows machines, our, our Apple Macintosh, because we, we want to think that Microsoft, Apple, even Android, even though they don't try very hard, are, are doing the <laughs> right thing, right? Um, but then we just kind of go, ah, fuck it. Let me buy this camera that's on a lightning deal on Amazon. Now I can, yeah, now I added security to my house, but actually hurt your security of your home network. But it's not even the lightning deal ones. I mean, Ring has already been dinged for easily hacking the data that they're collecting. So, I mean, it's not just the the sketchy off-brand name products that you need to worry about. Well, you've got two flavors of data. You've got data that the device itself is connect, uh, collecting and sending back to home, which is right. very or Facebook-y. Data. Right. It's, it's very Facebook-Eckian. I'm trying to invent a word there um <laughs> facebook way too many syllables i like I'll, that no i like that i'll work on it i'll work on it so and then there's fuck you guys i'm a malicious bit of code and i'm going to do all this shit to get into your shit and you know what now we're gonna launch a dds or ddos attack and all of your devices are going to be a part of the botnet what do you think about that right so those are the two flavors and um, I but really would they just use it to be part of a a a, a DDoS, uh, DDoS attack? Like, well, okay. Instead of saying reasons, I'll say attack. You know, <laughs> okay. Pick, pick pick something bad. <laughs> you know, malicious. Go. Um. So most people don't have a switch or router capable of setting up VLANs in their. Um, network, right? They have a Linksys off the shelf, one router to rule them all, or uh, an access point extender. So, or they buy the cheaper routers, which are unmanaged uh, switches or just simply unmanaged switches. And there's no way to put up basically lay, you know, virtual layers in between. So, I have that capability, but I haven't set it up. <laughs> you're not helping yourself, Bob. Um, so, I know. So, I mean, the lay user isn't going to do that either. So what I'm predicting here in, in the not so far future, I think this will be become a bigger deal because you're bringing in the enemy into your home in some cases, and you're hooking it to the network and giving it access to everything unwittingly. And, you know, I, I the reason I'm going through this mind exercise is because I'm building a house, I'm putting in cameras, you know, and I'm thinking, holy shit. You know, they all wire back to my data closet. And how do I keep the network separate? Well, I could set up a VLAN. And then but I have why to... are you putting in cameras in rural Indiana? That's what I want to figure out. Um, small children, that's why. Okay. And then these small children turn into teenagers. <laughs> Enough reasons, right? It's, it's who's coming into my house through a window that I want to know about. <laughs> okay. So anyway. Okay, let's not pick just cameras. I have Alexa devices. I really don't want my Alexa devices necessarily able to be on the network. And then, you know, if if I afford Amazon or yeah, bless you, was that a was that a child or an animal? That was the wife. Oh, <laughs> impressive sneeze. Hey, have you ever wondered how you can get in touch with us at the Bob and Kevin Show? Well, first. You can try us via email at comments at bobandkevinshow.com. Or are you more into social? If so, you can find us on Twitter at Bob and Kevin Show. Or on Instagram as Bob and Kevin Show. That's 
Bob, the letter N, Kevin Show. And if you're still on Facebook, you can even find us at facebook.com slash Bob and Kevin Show. And for the serious business fans, you can even find us on LinkedIn at linkedin.com slash company slash the dash Bob dash Kevin dash show. How's that for a handle? Let's connect. So, you know, let, let's assume Google, Microsoft, Amazon, Apple, they're all doing the right thing. They're what I'm not worried about. But I buy some IoT device because we're not going to have less IoT devices in the future. We're going to have more. We're going to have the smart light bulb thing. You're going to have the smart switch thing. You're going to have the smart insert thing here, right? It's the Internet of shit. You ever follow that handle on Twitter? Oh, Inter- yes, I have. Yes. Okay. So we're getting more things, not less. And we, we, including me, love to shop for this shit online and go, I'll take one of those. Not even thinking about any of the things no, we're talking about here. It's, we just, more like, it's more like three of those. Let's be truthful. All we're doing <laughs> is going, fuck yeah, it's Alexa enabled. That's all I needed to read. You know, wave it in. Check out. Yeah. <laughs> Boom. It's mine. Lightning deal. What do you think? Yeah. You bought yourself problems. Um, so, yeah. That's that's why I'm thinking through these things. But tech question here. How do you use your IoT devices to control the stuff you want to control? I guess cuz like I have my Harmony um my Harmony Hub which basically then I can use my voice to control everything. I I guess all my lights and everything. I guess everything is on that so ba- subnetwork. Right. So basic networking is you can talk to anyone in your subnet. And if you need to talk to a right. different network, you need a router. So a switch can talk to its, you know, own, you know, doesn't have to ask for any permission or routing. It just says, oh, you're on my subnetwork. I can see you. But if you if you break those down into subnets, they can still both be private, but they're just inaccessible to each other normally unless you cross the router. So, I was going to say it makes it super tough to control it from your desktop or your laptop, because all those other devices are on another net. Well, so that's where you get into the, the, the nitty-gritty, right? You can say, well, on this port, you know, I'll let this network talk to that one. You know, you can really start getting into right. the nerd. But Joe User doesn't, he stopped right. listening and mine's at, not that sophisticated either. I have the hurdle where from my, you know, from my laptop devices in the house, they can't actually engage with most of the equipment because it's on its own layer, so... Yeah, so I mean, I mean, you even have other threats like, well, your Wi-Fi bleeds outside your house. Bad guy could be sitting out in the car trying to hack into your Wi-Fi. Blah blah blah. So I mean, there's lots of threat vectors, but I just wanted to bring up IoT security because I'm trying to make s- smart decisions for my smart home, if you will, and um, I'm trying to mitigate my risk here and going, oh, how could how could bad guy get me? And I'm like, man, bad guys really got me. Most yeah, people right now. They already got you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway. See, I'm in the opposite land because I'm getting ready to... I mean, like, I've spent the better part of the last 10 years tricking this house out. And now we're getting out of it. Aww. <laughs> well, onward and upward. I'm going to need, like, one device. <laughs> All right, Bob. Pivoting to our final main event topic. Facebook. Is it the world's largest internet, Bob? It's the largest world's largest dumpster fire can i say that you already said it (laughs) um intranet it's very interesting because you and i have had 
I've seen posts that you've been making about this and I definitely have thoughts. And I think that you're a hundred percent correct in the things you were posting because both of us know, and I think everyone listening knows people. Um, hopefully none of those people are listening, but know people who think that Facebook is for all intents and purposes, the internet. So I think by that definition, it is the world's largest. It's like AOL times a gajillion. So for my next few things, just just walk down <laughs> the path right with along. me. So in the military, I, I did military network stuff. So we have secret, top secret, and unclassified. So we have three different internets. And the reason they're different internets is they literally have no cables that cross. You cannot get from one top secret to secret or unclass. And if you think of unclassified as civilian internet that's what unclassified is so uh facebook and others are under scrutiny right now uh because countries like canada are calling for regulations um on on the content so right now in the united states we have section 230 do you know what section 230 is bob nope it refers to section 230 of title 47 of the united states code i had that ready united states code (laughs) um it was passed uh, in 1996 as part of the Communication Decency Act. Do you ever notice how all these great laws were actually passed in the early days of the internet, and most people have just kind of fucking forgot about them? Anyway, yeah, and so, they can still be used against us, but everyone exactly ignores them. So the the big deal of this uh, law is basically. Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, you're not responsible for somebody posting something like a shooting video or something inappropriate so long as you take steps to take it down or something like that. So that's what Section 230 is. So you've got some countries coming at Facebook saying, you know what, we want, no, we don't want that anymore. We want you to be responsible for the crap that's on your platform. So there's a whole debate whether or not Section 230 is good or bad. I personally come down on, you know, I actually think Section 230 is a good idea. Do you have a quick thought on whether or not? It- well, I think they were all founded on sound principles yeah. and protection. Okay. However. <laughs> However, comma, yeah. So if if Facebook ever feels the need, like they're getting pressured by the feds, for instance. Hey, guys, we're, we're getting pressured. What if they made a literal Web 2.0? So Web 2.0 is the moniker for next gen, right? You know, the next big thing. It's Web 2.0. But what if they literally went the military route and said, you know what? We now have the Facebook network. It is not publicly publicly accessible. It is not connected to, air quotes, the internet. In fact, we have this deal with AT&T, Verizon, and we have our own server stack. And the only way to get to it is if you buy this thing that connects your things to our network. So they would essentially secede from the internet, <laughs> you know, like, like a state would leave the union. We are our own internet now. It's called the Facebook net. Face net, whatever you want to, you know, whatever they come up with. And it, it fully um, embraces the idea of internet. This is our world. You want to play in it? Here's our rules. And we can kick you out if we want. This is a private club from here on forth. So don't, don't come at us with any sort of regulation. This is our thing. Go away. You don't like it? Regulate that public thing, not this 
private thing. And then um, if we take stock of what Facebook is now, it, since it's kind of like an internet, they kind of control what you see. They control where you can, can go and where you can't go within their platform. So what I'm describing more and more is the China model, where basically the government is, nope, that's blocked and whatnot. So if Facebook really is the internet to a lot of, especially older people, can they just be, make their own internet and say, yes, Facebook is the internet as far as you're concerned. And you don't, we'll give you everything you need right here in this bubble. And oh, by the way, it's now the Truman show because you, you're the star of the show. We're going to show you everything that we want you to see. And we're going to block you from seeing anything we don't want you to see. What do you think, Bob? But they're already there, aren't they? Yes, For those who buy into it, they're already <laughs> yes, there they are. without without having to block themselves off. Because I think if they totally isolated themselves, they would hurt their their data selling market. Because part of the reason why they sell that data isn't just for Facebook; they sell that data to make people um, to earn people money outside of Facebook. So, well, but now that you've bootstrapped two billion with a B users on your platform, you don't really need to get into like keep recruiting mode right now. What you need, what you could, I mean, you're already generating revenue. So, if you want to keep generating yeah, revenue, yeah, but if I want to sell my data to company X, it, the data needs to have value outside of my intranet. No, you let you let data company X in. To advertise, you want their dollars, so they get to come in as as the Truman Show producer. So yeah, but to they speak. use those companies use that data outside of Facebook for advertising. That they use that's that fair. data to build profiles. So the the point here, though, is if if Facebook makes a legal case that you know what, we're no longer on the public internet. Your laws don't apply to us because we're a closed society. We have our own everything. We are we are separate. In users, hardware, backbone, because now we have a gajillion dollars, we, we can invest everywhere, and we are no longer the public internet. We currently, as to my knowledge, have no law that says you can't create your own internet and have your own rules. Why do I say that? Bob, it's called the intranet, and there's a, there's a shit ton of them all right. across this world. When's the last time the government came and said, hey, company X, let me see your user list. What are you showing them? It doesn't happen. Mm, might have been with some of those pirate networks. That maybe, pirate maybe, Bay. Maybe Enron Bay. or something. But <laughs> Pirate Bay. I think they asked for Pirate Bay users or something like that. But I get what you're going for. But I think Facebook's got the best of both worlds. They don't have to block themselves off. And there's probably not all of those two billion, but there might be over a billion who thinks that that is the internet. <laughs> well... So our church, I do their website for them, but they also have a Facebook page. And I guarantee you, oh, sorry, shouldn't say that in the context <laughs> of church. <laughs> I guarantee you, <laughs> we can edit this, right? <laughs> We're not gonna. <laughs> okay. So I can guarantee you there's a lot of people who never go to the website because they're on Facebook and it's just too easy just to go to the Facebook page, right? I marketed for years you don't need a website. Just put a Facebook group up. It's going to get more traffic. I piss off a lot of people because they come at me like, hey, can you make me a website? I'm like, uh, do you have a budget? Nope. I'm like, well, have you tried Facebook? Well, but aren't you a web guy? Yeah, but just go to Facebook. Try Fail there before you come to me because I'm going to charge you some money. And you <laughs> might not fail there because you do have a captive audience and you have exactly. tooling right at your fingertips. It's Yeah. 
and and I'm not saying Facebook's bad at what they do. In fact, they're really good at what they do. And Facebook they're is super successful. Good. They're too right. good at what they do. So, um, so would you agree that the internet put newspapers and print generally out of business? 100%. So Facebook is looking to pay local news companies like your television and your, your newspaper, Batavia or Columbia City or probably Fort Wayne, um, they pay them for content to put, to license their contents to put on Facebook. Cause Facebook says, well, our users want more news and quality news and we just can't find it or at least anyone willing to let us put it on our platform. So Facebook's looking to put the local news now on Facebook and show it to you. But to me, that's yet another nail in the coffin of why do why does somebody need something other than Facebook at a certain point, right? But that's also weird, and I'm having a hard time following the logic stream on that one because in in my local bubble, my local reporters always post the local paper news on Facebook and drive them to the newspaper website or the newspaper Facebook page. So. I feel like that's already happening with or without Facebook's blessing gateway. I don't know what, it, I don't understand what Mark's trying to do here. So <laughs> the reason I found that Carl Sagan quote so compelling is one of those sentences was no one representing the public interest can even grasp the issues. The last time I watched the senators or Congress folks ask questions I think they have no idea what's going on. So I think this is only going to get worse because Carl Sagan was correct. I don't think the people who are supposed to be protecting us through laws exist anymore. I really do give a lot of credit to Web 1.0 lawmakers because I've been through a cyber law class and most of all these court cases were all late 90s, early 2000s, you know, your Napsters and your your uh, indecency onlines and, and, you know, things like that. But, but I they think, had no idea what was coming. Well, it's it's 25 years later. They're all either dead or about to die because that was a long time ago. And people who are senators and congresspeople aren't young whippersnappers like you and I. Not most of them. That's for damn sure. And so when companies like Facebook get such a hold like they do and nobody overseeing this has a fucking clue, it bothers me. And that's why I tweet storm a lot of this shit, because I'm like trying to be like an early warning person, even though I'm late to the party. I'm like, come on, guys, there's a problem here. Who's who's looking to do anything here? What do you think? Do you think it's a total dog and pony show that someone like a Mark Zuckerberg says, you know, Congress, Senate, I need you to help me govern this thing. And he knows they don't know shit about what's going on. It's a hundred percent a dog and pony show because you're right. He knows he's, li- he must listen to the Bob and Kevin show. We're probably giving him all the information he needs because you're right. He knows a bunch of idiots in Washington, DC have no idea. And even if they do, we now have enough money to make them look the other way. Do we not? Right, but I, I just don't understand the I don't understand the PR move. Like who is he trying to placate or or what is he trying to stave off by even asking stuff? It just seems so weird. 
I, I, so there, there's a song by They Might Be Giants. Have you ever listened to They Might Be Giants? Oh, Birdhouse in Your Soul. Not that song, but I love it. Good one. (laughs) Uh, There's a song called Anna Eng. Have you ever heard that song? Ooh, I might not know it by the name, but I might know it by the lyrics. One of the quotes of the song was... Why don't you hum me a few bars? (laughs) I won't. I'll save you and the audience. But one of the quotes in this, or one of the lines in the songs is, I don't want the world. I just want your half. So I think Zuckerberg, I think at this point it is, how much can I consume the entire market? How, how far can we take this? Because this is why I could never be a Mark Zuckerberg. At some point I go, guys, we did it. We, we did good. Um, right. we, 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 we beat the football team a hundred points to nothing. We dominated. And then I might have uh, some regret and go, you know what? How can we give back? How can we make things right? Because we did kind of fuck people along the way here, you know? Um, and I, I look at my, uh, Microsoft kind of that way. Microsoft kind of fucked everyone, you know, <laughs> it was like, wow, they, they rose, shot up and, you know, late eighties, early nineties or all through the nineties and maybe even early two thousands, Microsoft was just eating our lunch. And now new Microsoft is kind of like, you know, open source. What, what the fuck? What, what do you, well, what? They figured out they can get, they can get more progress and actually, at the end of the day, get more revenue by opening up certain things, but still have to, you know, you still have to house it. So that's a pay. But, I mean, it's, it is less evil. But I do like the way that they seem to be, they seem to be rebalancing the scale. So I guess I'm holding out hope that Zuckerberg will have this Mia culpa and like inner reflection one day, very Gavin Belson goes to Tibet or, uh, you know, Nepal, you know, <laughs> you know, and just fucking smokes a lot of weed and comes back and be like, you know what guys, I am an asshole. This, we, we are just, this is wrong, but yeah, I think Gavin Belson is just going to be uh, left for Silicon Valley, uh, in fiction. So anyway, that's, that's my hope. He still turned out to be a dick though. So, yeah, I mean, he's a really good dick. Whoever plays that guy is a good. It's very good casting and writing on that show. <laughs> what was the uh, What was the piece of hardware? And then the logo was the. It looked like a dick. <laughs> the that signature, Gavin Belson's signature. The, sig- <laughs> yeah. yes. the box or whatever. <laughs> the signature box. The box two point All right. Do you have any or no, more? Three point So uh, we got our beat beating up of Facebook. In is there anything else we need to beat them with? I've got one last no, thing. I just feel bad leaving, letting some of the other guys off the hook, but we can stay on Mark. What's your last thing? So since we talked Silicon Valley, HBO, do you know what happens on Sunday, Bob? I've heard something about Game of Thrones final yeah. season. Is it the final season or the final episode? It's final season, and it's only like six episodes, and they're like 90 minutes each. And I am without a decent internet connection to partake. So I'm in crisis mode. Not going to lie. So I got to figure this out. Ooh, that's going to be tough. I I Um, might. Yeah. I don't know. Can you watch it from the coffee shop like the day after? You know, (laughs) Game of Thrones is an interesting one. It's one of those. Hey, honey, you should check out this this series. It's really good. And she sits down. And it's nothing but girl on girl action for like the next five minutes. And then she gets up and leaves. I'm like, ah, you I know, guess that's it, not optimal coffee shop viewing. I'm going to go with it's not safe for coffee shop uh, content. <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> so. when you when you're a remote worker, you don't have to worry about the NSFW. It's NSFCS coffee shop. Yeah, whatever that acronym is. So uh, not that's, safe for coffee shop. That's the uh, crisis I'm in. Will you uh, be tuning in? I'm assuming so. I actually am not a Game of Thrones follower. I know oh, that man. is crazy. I <laughs> might watch it eventually. Um, my middle child has watched it since the beginning, but uh, yeah, no, I haven't really gotten into it. You're more of a Westworld guy then? More of a Westworld. I'm, I've been really kind of scanning for uh, stuff that wasn't really in the, the main, you know, the pay TV main realm. I'm a, I'm still a walking dead guy. So, eh. oh. Yeah, now, now you're actually insulting me. Walking Dead, <laughs> it's the same thing. Run around, die, or somebody dies, get zombies. Hey, we, let's eat peanut butter to, to live. And then now we have like token human bad and get bad guy for the rest of the season who's like a cannibal suddenly. Like, what? It's a cannibal. You know, what's going on yeah, here? Then that's, more the, that's the new thing. It's new bad guy. Every time it's a new bad guy, but it's human. <sighs> so, All right. I know. Uh, we have w- one more order of business and it's... Oh, we got to bring the, I don't know, medieval Game of Thrones, post-apocalyptic, walking dead lightning. 